welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show. We are happy that you're here and especially happy that you are here for this particular segment. I am here with soon to be, soon as I bring her up from the green room, here with Patricia Maltz. And Patricia is an amazing person. She's gonna take us on a visioning journey. And I just realized my camera's off. So let's make that happen. There we go, I'm here. And so is Patricia. So let me bring this in. And Patricia, feel free to unmute yourself. And we will get this party started. Well, good morning or good afternoon. I guess in Minnesota, it's still morning. So <laughs> in Minnesota, it's still morning. Yeah, right. And I'm glad to be here, Jackie. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm super happy that you're here, Patricia. I so um, enjoyed listening to Leslie. She had some great advice. It's an interesting show. I have the most wonderful people that come on and share their stories and their expertise with everyone. And you are one of those people, Patricia. So you're I'm kind. super <laughs> happy that you're here. You have inspired me over the last few weeks and that has been so helpful. And I was like, super happy that you're able to join. But let's Thank start you. at the very beginning. Sure. Who are you and what do you do and what does vision have to do with this? Well, I am a farm girl from southern Minnesota. I always want to make sure that everybody knows that I know how to milk cows if we need it. Okay, <laughs> So oh I got that part God. down. <laughs> I got that part down. And today I am a professional vision holder. And what that means is that I help hold the visions of people until they are strong enough by being strong enough, their, their own nervous system and their commitment and their beliefs allow them to hold it themselves. And so sometimes that takes a little while and a little work, most of the time it does, to uh -huh. get to the point where they can hold it themselves, okay? Because there's some significant work that goes on around what you believe you can have and or experience and um and what's possible in this world and you know there are big gaps some days so i help people get really clear about what that vision is what they need to do to have it happen and then i help hold it until they're strong enough so Patricia, I think that there's a disconnect between where your camera is and where you're looking. So I know you're, you're if you just, there you go. Now we can see your face. Okay. Okay. How's that? For, is that better? Oh, much. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so I will not look at my computer screen. I'll look at my camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, life skills. Who knew that we would have to manage a studio in this lifetime? Then it's everybody has to manage it too. Yeah, you know, we, we just all do, it's a new life skill. So It absolutely is, and I'm learning. Mm. So we're going to take this learning journey together. Take us back in time, because you didn't start out as a professional vision holder. Is that what you call it? That's your title? That's what I call myself. All right, um, so professional but, vision holder. Yes, I started out as a, well, as a farm girl and then a family daycare mom. 
and you know I cared for children in my home I did not sit on any babies <laughs> but I did care for children and I became a, a national leader in the area of family daycare testifying in Congress and all that jazz so it was quite a wonderful journey and um, through that process I met many people and um, and then became involved in identifying behaviors like the drivers and the amiables and, and the expressives and the, the um, uh, analyticals. And I did a lot of consulting work in business around that and was introduced to the importance of vision and the, the, uh, the impact that our beliefs have on our ability to create what we want to have in our life. And it has been a process of evolution, and certainly I am still growing, and uh, certainly still learning new things, but um, it's been a process. And everyone has their own journey, and I'm excited about mine. But my involvement with this subject of teen suicide happened um, one morning when I, I don't even know how old I was, but I had a grandchild who was 20 years old who was laying in a hospital bed, and this was on Mother's Day, and it was eight o'clock in the morning, and she became, finally came awake from having attempted suicide the night before with overdose of pills, and fortunately, she was unsuccessful. And she woke up to have me sitting there on Mother's Day going, where am I? What's going on? And me having to say, you're here, you're alive. I'm glad you're alive. It's not how I expected to be spending a Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And that began my journey with the whole subject of teen suicide. And um, it was painful. Um, she, she was in a situation that she didn't feel she could get out of, and that was her choice of how to get out of it. And through lots of counseling and, and work, um, she's in, in a great place today and doing much better. But it was a real eye-opener for me about family dynamics that I had no clue were going on that I, I was amazed that I didn't recognize it, but there was nothing to tell me that it was happening. And since then, there's been other, other attempts by other grandchildren with cutting and, um, uh, you know, threatening to take their life, that kind of thing. Um, and I've become much more aware of when this is happening or how it could be happening. And I'm, I'm certainly doing a lot more check-in yeah. and asking questions and how can I support and all of those pieces. So that's where my journey started with this whole subject. Well, that's certainly where a lot of us in, in service to ending the, the epidemic that we're dealing with of suicide. I think a lot of us started with having a very personal experience. That was mine as well, a very personal experience with my daughter. So the fact that 
you got thrust into this world. I mean, talk about being pushed outside of your comfort zone. Patricia, prior to that Mother's Day, what was your life like? Um, well, I'm, I'm a pretty busy entrepreneurial type spirit. And I have two adult children and six grandchildren. And right now I have a great grandchild. And um, my life was busy. It was full. I, um, I happened to manage a singer who became a, a prison ministry and recovery ministry person. Uh, she happened to be the daughter of Ray Charles, the, oh. the um, blind piano player. Some people don't know who Ray Charles is. Can you believe that? I agree. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, I, you, I've had. You, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to take advantage of this. If you know who Ray Charles is, please put me in the chat box because <laughs> this is uh, an icon and a legend. And the fact that his daughter got involved in prison ministry and that you were able to help her with that is is just a wonderful testament to the power that music can have in our lives. Well, I hired her to answer telephones one day at a company that I was consulting at. And she said, I sing a little. And I said, well, that'll be great because people will love to call us because you have a melodic voice and we'll get more business, right? I mean, that's what it was. And then about three weeks later, she came running into the lunchroom of the company, practically jumping over the table. She was a very expressive woman saying, my dad called me, my dad called me. And I'm going, that's great, Sheila, but most people don't get that excited. <laughs> and then she's, well, I didn't tell you, but my dad's Ray Charles, and he actually called me on the phone. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, right, and you're working here. <laughs> so then I had to get the birth certificate from L.A. County and there it was, biggest day, Ray Charles Robinson. And that began a 26-year journey to, um, you know, she was ended up in prison. She was a crack cocaine addict, all of these things. Um, she herself, you know, when she made the decision to really turn her life around, was at the point of, of suicide in her own in her own journey and and this is not private information she put it in her book and all the rest of it but um her choice then was to become you know a speaker and a singer a performer i i didn't know she was going to be a stand-up comedian because she was so good at it she, i mean anybody who's listening whoever saw sheila ray charles will know what i'm saying but um, she's fabulous. You can look her up on YouTube. There's lots of videos. Unfortunately, about three years ago, she passed away from breast cancer. And that was a really difficult time for me personally, because I had finally simply said, okay, I'll, I will manage Sheila Ray Charles. That, I will do that, even though I'm thinking I should do something else. But it never happened. I always went back to taking care of Sheila Ray Charles. So it was very interesting. But, you know, I got to go to Japan. I got to go to Europe, Russia, all sorts of places, do all sorts of things. And I got to go inside a federal prison. Never had done that before. <laughs> so, we don't lots know where of life is going to take us on this journey. No, no, no. 
for someone whose life was one of sort of a disconnect from a parent, obviously, she didn't have a lot of contact with her dad and she got so excited about getting a phone call from him. Correct. And into a place of despair and drug abuse and all of that. What does someone need to believe when they're at that low to be able to even start with this concept of having a vision? I mean, what's, what's the place that they start? Well, that was a really, ch a really challenging process. And we spent a lot of time having, having conversation on that. And Sheila was a very, um, she, she um, stepped into her belief in, in um, Christ and became more of a, a, a pastor. She was actually ordained, those kinds of things. But she really had to release the beliefs that she was not worthy. Um, unfortunately, and I, I really hesitate to, you know, to talk about, not to talk about it, but to say that I managed the daughter of Ray Charles because the person I managed was Sheila. Right. And, but Sheila grew up being the daughter of Ray Charles, not being Sheila. So she was leveraged all the time as the daughter of Ray. So she, and, and then Ray, of course, wasn't in the picture, you know? So it's like, what was the value? There was a crazy message in there about, about that. So there wasn't a, who is Sheila and why is she really precious? And so we spent a lot of time in, and I think one of the pieces that happened was I talked with her a lot about that. I helped her talk about what beliefs she and how to recognize them and how to restate them or reposition those beliefs in her own mind, in her own consciousness, so that she knew that she was of significant value and that she had significant contributions to make. Now, Sheila was sexually molested as a child, and one of the things that we did together, I, I went with her because she needed the support, and I said, you know, I'm there, but you have to do the work. But she sat down with one of the perpetrators of that sexual molestation and actually told him she forgave him. Now, he... He was still denying it until she did that. And the conversation was around, this isn't for you. This is for me, Sheila, to be free of the hold that this has over me. And, you know, as, as you know, with many people that are in, or young people in particular, that there's a lot of sexual abuse that goes on of varying kinds and and it it has a significant impact on our minds our sense of self our worthiness all of those pieces and so as we work with what vision we want to create 
we really have to look at what beliefs are still driving our lives. And um, that becomes an important piece of work to do at, for the individual, regardless of what age they are. Whatever they believe is what they're going to produce more of. And getting conscious of those become really uh, an important piece. And I, when I was learning about this, um, what the facilitator of the class had said to me, well, what beliefs are running your life that aren't working for you? And I'm going through this checklist in my mind. I've gotten rid of this, this, you know, I've taken care of all these things. And so I had, I, I had to say, none, I don't know. I don't have any that aren't working for me. Well, of course, my friend who was in the class with me, we decided that we would be observing what beliefs were driving people's lives. Not, not were they good or bad, but what they were, just identifying them. So we then spent about the next six to eight weeks listening to people's conversations. And whenever we heard, you must, you have to, in order to, you should, any of those things, we are going check, belief system, belief system, <laughs> that we figured out how to at least become more aware of what the other person was thinking. And, and because we would do it with each other, our um, commitment to each other was to say, that's an interesting belief, <laughs> just yeah. to raise the awareness. That's and, important. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, when you, when you look at or you have conversations with young people, they also are using those same kinds of words, those same telling words. And so being able to talk about what beliefs are driving lives, it becomes really important. And, um, and then, you know, how you can reframe those beliefs, or you can say that one really works well, or it doesn't work at all. I'm getting rid of it. it you know, there are all these steps to that process. But, um, but it's an important step. Sounds like a very important step. So let's deep dive into this training you were talking about that helps people become more aware of the beliefs that are driving their lives so that they can create a better vision for themselves. Are there steps to it? Is it something that we can give everybody this, the one, two, three? If well, the, there is a process. Um, I, use, uh, I use this kind of simple formula. I call it simple, but there's lots of steps once you get into it. But the first thing is to take a piece of paper and write down what it is you want to have in your life. What are the events or what you want to have? Okay. And then the second thing is to write down what is the behavior that's required to make that happen. Then you put the next word on this sheet under behavior and that's structure. And then the fourth word is vision. And then the final word at the bottom is self. And lots of people think I want to have this piece, this, you know, whatever this event is, and they immediately go after the event. But the reality is in order to create what you really want in your life, you need to start with who are you? You need to start with self. And who are you is something different than I'm a, 
I'm a sister, I'm someone's wife, I'm a brother, I'm a husband. Um, You know, who are you is I'm a dynamic, thoughtful, um, compassionate, interesting person with, you know, gorgeous hair and love running and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. I'm not a good cook, you know, whatever it is, whoever you are, but it's, it's, it's about those descriptive words and lots of us never have spent any time figuring out who we are. Okay. So that's a really important step is who are you? And for some of you, you know, it may be, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a Muslim, I mean, whatever it is, it's okay. Whoever you are, you are. And then you get to say, what is it I want to create in my life today? And I was listening to Leslie, and one of the things that I think would be a really useful thing is that taking her information in creating a vision of who you are, of how you're going to respond in those relationships, okay? All right, so now we're going to bring it down, because this is lovely to bring it into a very specific use vision, not the big, because when you talk about creating a big vision for my life, that's not my strong suit. No, no, no. Talking about creating this, just envisioning what's the best outcome in, in any one conversation. Right, right. And, and that the vision of who you are in those, in those difficult conversations that Leslie was talking about. Okay. So then, and, and when I work with people around visions, I want to have them be able to write that vision using the five senses, how it smells, how it feels, how it sounds, what it looks like, and how it tastes, okay? So when you take the example that Leslie was dealing with, which I thought was so wonderful to, you know, talk about how are you going to react in these situations, then you get to write that vision that I am, and, and I'm just going to make this up because that's all I can do is make it up. But you can talk about, I am, I am thoughtful. I am taking my time. I'm breathing <laughs> when I'm in these confrontational situations. Oh, I am a good planner and I have outlined two or three solutions and Leslie provided what those were or possible ways, you know, I'm sorry, you're upset. I mean, that was one of the things that you could say. All right. So you could hear yourself saying this, you could feel your confidence about your ability to respond in these situations. Mm-hmm. You could taste the saliva in your mouth being successful. I mean, that, that, you know, what all does, of it. What does success taste like? That's actually a really good place for me just to pause you for just a second. Because that was yummy. So everybody go to the chat box and put in the chat box, what would success taste like? If you're having a conversation, in this case, we're talking about a conversation with a difficult person, and it was going really, really well, what would success taste like? And just add that to the chat. And thank you, Patricia. You don't mind the chat. Um, we've got Katie in the background watching it for you. No so, problem. You know, so I'm looking at the camera. Remember, I'm yeah. trying to follow instructions. 
Yeah, but but you get to do it in all of those senses. So you you know you feel how you feel successful, how you feel in charge of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know all of that. You hear yourself easily saying these phrases. Okay, do you see how you begin to? And you have to put this vision in writing because it it helps to to uh, ground it into your being, all right? Okay. So you, you need to That's write important. This. Everybody's got a pen and a piece of paper. So everyone can put right now what success tastes like and write it down in the notebook. Right, right. And, and as you know, there's, I have the visioning workbook. They can also get and use this so they don't have to worry about losing the instructions because they're all in the visioning workbook. But, but it's, it's really getting that, so that you can stand in that vision and feel that success, smell it, the you know, smell it, um, hear it, your body's tingling about you are in charge of you, okay? And so it becomes a really important place that you can see yourself in, whether you're in that position or not at the moment, but you can see how you're going to respond it and it really helps reinforce what is going to come when the next time you feel that you're in that situation, you've got it handled. And if you don't handle it perfect, you will continue to grow and, and be better at it. And it's okay because you know who you are. You know that you're that smart you know, good problem solver, able to handle these things, um, loving being. And so those are the things that become really important as you go forward. Um, Once you create a vision, you then start looking at what structure you need to make that happen. And, you know, maybe it's carrying a little rock in your pocket that says, Oh, it's feeling tense. Where's my rock? I'm going to hold the rock. That's that could be a structure piece for you, and and, and know you, that at that ask, moment. I was going to ask you to get really granular with us and tell us what the structure, what a structure is, because right. I was like structure. What yeah for a vision? Um, what a rock <laughs> in my pocket? That well, it, of, yeah, that kind of a thing is yeah, like but, oh, I have rocks with sayings on them. Of course. Yeah. 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 But whatever it is that is going to help you immediately connect to that vision when you're feeling that piece of stress. Okay. Because intuitively, you know, when people are going to come at you. Okay. Or you have a suspicion that their behavior is this way. And so you walk into the room with the rock in your hand in your pocket, you know, whatever. It just to make sure you have it. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be a rock for heaven's sakes. It could be a flower. It could be anything that gives you that connectedness to that vision and your capacity to stand in the vision. And, and it's not like you have to do it hundred percent perfect or any of that stuff. Okay. You give it your very best. And And that's a lovely thing to remind people of. And what I know from what you do is that when someone has connection and they keep practicing, bringing themselves back to their vision, even if they're in a conversation with a difficult person, when they experience that emotional control, after a while, it becomes automatic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
and and your confidence in your ability to do so rises cool okay and and you know i would add to that vision statement is that when i walk out of the room i'm going to do a little dance or i'm going to do oh. a little whatever okay to get a little movement going on <laughs> You know, get a little movement going on to say, like those football players or whoever they are that do the things at the goalposts. Plan um, for you know, the success. Plan for the right. win. Plan for the celebration. I Correct. love that idea. Well, and that could be the structure. What is your celebration plan? Uh -huh. Okay, that's another structure idea. All right. Cool. Um, another structure could be journaling your success. I mean, maybe you're a writer or maybe you are a, an, uh, a graphic person that you draw things. So, you know, have a little journal that you draw a picture of the success. It's, it's something to help anchor it in. Okay. And that becomes just part of the structure. Now, when you do vision statements, if it's, you know, specific to this subject, you would have one vision statement. If it's a vision statement about going to college or, you know, getting a car or whatever, you have different structures. You know, like if you're going to college and you have issues waking up, you may have a few alarm clocks. Okay. <laughs> that, that might be the issue. <laughs> So a structure is anything that helps you stay in the vision, accomplish the vision, celebrate the completion of the vision, anything that falls into those categories. That's what Right. That supports the activity. Okay. Cool. And, and so there are many structures. If you're a business owner, structures include accountants and lawyers and insurance. Oh, and, they know. could be other people. Got oh it. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's whatever is going to, what is necessary to support the vision being a reality, okay? And the structure will drive your behavior, okay? It'll, it'll dictate how you need to behave and the behavior will produce the events. Mm -hmm. And so if the event is, I wanna have a, a, um, a productive, relationship with this individual who has not been the most loving person in the world, then, you know, that's the event you're going after. Then you come down to who you are, what your vision is, mm -hmm. how, you know, what those structure pieces are, and those will drive your behavior. And that, that will change as Leslie talked about. Yeah, that's She really talked about it. Yeah, she, she mentioned it, and what you're doing is providing some really good basic structures that allow for it to occur. Because if I'm doing what we talked about, which is I'm with a difficult person and I get calm, and then I remember my vision of what I want this relationship to look like, I can then say, what's the next thing I can do that will help me get there? Right. And that would absolutely change my behavior in a, some situations that I'm imagining. So if anybody has a situation that they would like to have some guidance on specifics, what you could do in your situation, we are applying it right now to one of the biggest challenges in the world, which is dealing with difficult people. First, giving yourself permission to envision a relationship that works and functions. 
And now we're talking about how do you put structures in place that support you getting that vision. So mm -hmm. Patricia, this is absolutely useful, practical information, which I knew we would get to. And with the topic like visioning, I'm, I'm, it was like, how are we going to take something so global and bring it down to where people can actually do it? Because they say, yeah, what's your vision? And my mind goes, blank, blank. <laughs> Yeah, I know. What's your vision? Blank. Yeah, but what what do I want for dinner? Blank. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but what do I want my relationship to be like with my guy? Now that I can answer. So bringing it down to the relationship level, one relationship at a time is just such a blessing for me. So I just oh. want to thank you for the way that you're bringing this. I'm finding it useful. I hope everybody else who's listening is finding it useful. All right, we've got this step-by-step -step process now and we're into building structures around it what's next well next is just staying focused one of the challenges is that our capacity to stay focused is about you know five to thirteen seconds Ooh. okay <laughs> <laughs> 20 okay. On a good, 20 seconds a on a good day <laughs> Wow, I thought you were going to say something you know, like 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Mm. Five to 15 seconds? Correct. And, oh. and that's because our bodies are so overstressed. We have so many demands going on in our world. Um, it's, it's really critical that we practice good self-care, that we increase our capacity to stay focused and you know there are, are a number of strategies you can use for that one of them is meditation you can do that um, and and you can meditate with music you can meditate by looking at plants you can listen to water i mean there are many many ways to meditate okay mm -hmm. but the important part of that meditation is quieting your mind down and and release it because every you know five eight ten seconds a new subject's going to pop up in ah. your mind okay, okay. so this and, is just the natural way that the brain works especially when it's got a lot of adrenaline and cortisol and the stress chemicals in it that right. it's natural and normal for about every eight seconds new thought yeah yeah i mean you know okay. so it's not that i haven't mastered meditation it's just this is the way my mind works right exactly that and so you, <laughs> you have to just bring yourself back to that calm place but you don't learn that overnight okay you you have to work at that a little bit and oh, that God. that could be one of the structures that you put in place to increase your capacity to stay focused to remember to use this vision that you have okay got it another one is is um there's a bunch of of yoga postures that specifically we recommend that use that allow you to release some of the stress that's built up in your body and and that will help increase your capacity to stay focused as well but it all you know it's it's a journey and i was so pleased when i saw the article about young people in elementary school doing yoga 
or and meditation as part of their school curriculum because it will give them the, these lifelong tools to help build their capacity to deal with this stress and these kinds of things that come yeah, where well. they they lose hope okay so that's that becomes another really important thing another way to build your ability to focus is to light a candle and watch the flame and then close your eyes and see you know how long you can st still see the flame or keep your mind focused on the candle you know because again you start looking at that candle and every eight to ten seconds you've got a new subject coming up so it there are are lots of ways and i'm sure if you check on the internet you can find them of how to increase your capacity to stay focused but that becomes a, a real important piece and it's one of the structure items that you could uh, attach to your vision okay so that's another piece of this whole this whole piece and every vision has different requirements for structure so you have to just think about what that might be all right, so we've been focusing on the vision of a successful conversation with a difficult person, um, even if that difficult person lives inside your skin with you. So I know that those conversations happen as well. And I'm just going to invite, if there's a topic that you would like to see how this vision structure process, could, what it could look like for you, go ahead and pop it into the chat and we'll be watching for it. So, Take us on the next step, Patricia, because this is very grounding, very useful. And I want to interject, though, one thing. <sighs> the basics that I studied when I started understanding this whole concept include the fact that what one of the things that makes meditation and yoga both so very, very effective and time-honored, I mean, they've been around for thousands and thousands of years, is the fact that they focus on taking deep, slow breaths, at least at the beginning of the practice. And physio physiologically, that actually tells the body to produce the counter chemicals to cortisol and epinephrine. It actually brings down the stress level, and I call it emergency stress relief number one, emergency stress relief procedure number one. So everybody can just do that. Enjoy it. Take a deep breath. It's a great thing to do at traffic lights. If you want to improve your focus while driving, you can just take advantage of a red traffic light to pause and take three deep breaths and help your body reset out of stress. So improving focus. Let's keep going with the vision. I love this. Well, you could also incorporate the breathing as part of your structure with your vision if you know you're going to be interacting with whomever it is that it's causing this you could take a minute and do some deep breathing and just grounding yourself you know in in your mind i mean that could be part of your structure whenever you're going to do this and that's a very good point jackie that breathing really helps and breathing deep into your stomach not just in your shoulders full full expansion down to the diaphragm is what makes the difference and i want to just highlight something because i just my brain just clicked into place what you, when you say a structure you're really constructing a building or like putting legs under a table building a structure that my vision can sit on 
Correct. Okay. Correct. That supports so, yeah. your vision. And so like any good table, unless you've got one massive leg, you might want three or four or more. Structures. I'd highly recommend more than yeah. one. <laughs> All right. So, so let's, let's give them an optimum number to shoot for. If they want to have the, the, the fastest path, the easiest way to achieve the vision that they've decided on, what are some, what's the optimal number of structures? Because we've talked about a bunch of different ideas. Well, and I don't know that there is an optimal number of structures because every vision is different and requires different structures. Right. For this but, one vision of, a, of, a, of improved relationships, better conversations with a difficult person. Right. For that one, I would, you know, I would pick those structures that relate to you physically, which we've talked about, the breathing, the meditation, mm -hmm. the yoga piece, that that there are um, structures around languaging. You've written out what the possible phrases could be. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've got your little checklist of if they say this, I want to respond with this. And it's in writing. Okay, that's a structure piece. Not just, I've thought about it one day. It needs to be in writing. Okay. Another structure could be um, commitment to review this at least once a week, if not daily. Okay. Cool. Initially, you might want to review your vision statement and, mm -hmm. and this list of responses you might want to review those daily and say, did this work? Did it not? Would I change a sentence here or that? You know, those kinds of things. Visions are alive, breathing kind of statements. They're not, they're not dead. You put them on a shelf and, or etch them into boards and put them on the wall. They're, they're alive and you want to keep working with them. And so great skill because one of the things you just mentioned, I'll highlight, which is you were talking about, testing you're talking about experimenting you're talking about trying a phrase and seeing the response you get and staying in this place of observing it which in and of itself dials down the drama in any given human interaction is well it, yeah it about. it also changes the energy significantly because you're not the victim you're the person doing the research Mm -hmm. You're the person, yeah. you know, saying, oh, let's check this one out. You know, gives you a whole different sense of power because you have options. Cool. Okay. Another structure piece would be who is that backup person that, uh, and this is particularly for teens, that is, what's my list of backup people? as part of my vision that I trust, okay, I know I can trust, that I can go to, to talk about and help me review this. Now you have to be a little careful because you have to make sure that they believe you can do it. Okay. Right. A backup person has to be All someone right. who unconditionally supports what you want to achieve. And that's Correct. true at any age. It, that's yeah. true of any age. And that's why that's a life skill. Um, yeah. my family are not entrepreneurs. Okay. Expecting them to unconditionally support my vision of what uh, can be done in the world, my vision of the difference I can make in the world, even my vision for being able to create an abundant income for myself as a solopreneur 
they were not unconditionally supportive is the politest way to say it. Exactly. <laughs> and so this is, a, this is really key that you want your backup people to be people who really can unconditionally support you. So right. this is awesome. Yeah, so, so, you know, and you don't just go rushing in with your vision. You talk with them um, and talk through some of the concepts. You don't, say, you don't announce, I wrote up this vision and I'm here to get you to support it. Okay, because that isn't right. going to work. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a whole six-step strategy to this. I can see it coming. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's gonna... it's that example of you planted carrots, and the way to find out is to pull one up to see if they're growing. Well, that isn't going to work. <laughs> if it's not growing, it's dead. And um, and and so you want to you want to talk with them and hear what they and and again listening for belief statements it's the biggest the biggest piece of of important information is you know what do they say you have to do you should do you you need to do any of those things become so, belief statements yeah. that they believe it it's not that it's right or wrong or otherwise you just need to be conscious it needs to be, yeah, you need being aware of the belief systems of the people that you might want as your backups, as your support, as part of your structure. Really important that they have a belief system that makes it possible for you to have a vision and for you to achieve the vision that you've encompassed. So I love taking them into a, a, a journey of exploration before sharing. And that's also a life skill that I didn't get Correct. until I was a lot older. Now, we're coming up to a place where I want to make sure that everyone knows that in the chat box, and we'll put it again, that there is a gift from you for everyone who is here. And there it is. Thank you, Katie, from uh, Patricia. And it's a visioning workbook. And so it's how to take what we've been talking about and put it into practice. Give me just, right. Patricia, we, we need to wrap it up, but I'm really curious. When did you decide to create a workbook on visioning and become a vision holding expert? Well, I got involved in being a vision holder um, in 1991 or two when I worked with a client who, um, who would meet with me every week and sob her way through the meeting because she wanted something different than what she was living but couldn't see it. And so we wrote the vision and then I kept holding it and kept bringing it back to her through those meetings. And then finally she was able to hold it and she created exactly what she wanted and um, just retired, I think about three years ago from that business. So that was really fun. And so that's when I became a vision holder that I unconsciously, I wasn't conscious about it. I didn't write the book until last year and I put it together and then, then got busy, got sidetracked. Remember, we got to stay focused. <laughs> we understand being yeah. busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, I've lived this baby. So, so um, now I am focused on doing this. And so I'm really very busy. Um, 
talking about it and working with clients and, and those kinds of things. I have not created a course around vision holding yet, and I'm in the process of doing that. But um, that's, that's kind of the story. And, um, and my kids, of course, they've been through all this up and down kind of stuff, and they're going, yeah, mom. So I don't talk to them about it because, <laughs> you know, they don't, they're not there. <laughs> they're not there. But I do have some other friends who I have very carefully checked out what they believe I can do. Mm -hmm. And um, they are my support group. And I really am very grateful for them. Awesome. Well, we will have further conversations and people can connect with you. And the gift link is a bit.ly link, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash T-S-P-S 13. And T-S-P-S is, of course, Teaspoons, which is the initials of the Suicide Prevention Show and the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. So we are all about taking a little bit, letting that little bit create a major change. And thank you, Patricia, because you brought a bunch of teaspoons. You brought a bunch of little bits into this conversation that create really solid structures where we can absolutely come into believing and achieving our visions. Well, Jackie, I am so grateful that you asked me to do this. And I really am grateful for the work that you are doing in raising awareness on this really important subject for our young people. We've got wonderful young people and we want to celebrate their gifts and, uh, you know, support them in their journeys. It's easier to celebrate with them when they hang around and say, so that's <laughs> what this is all about. Thank you, Patricia. You're welcome.